Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here. Locked on Big 12 podcast crossover edition. Big show coming. Coaching changes. What is happening? Are there more Big 12 coaches to go? College football playoff rankings and conference championship weekend coming up. Take a look at it. Talk about it. Coming up next. You are locked on Big 12. Your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, Josh Neighbors here. I am the host of Locked On Big 12. To my left on the screen, if you're watching on YouTube, it is Stephen Simcox. He is the host of the Locked On Horn Frogs podcast. To his left, it is John Williams. He is the host of the Locked On Sooners podcast. Below him it is Linda Godfrey. She is the host of a Locked On Pokes podcast. And then to her right, it is Jake Hatch, the host of a Locked On Cougars podcast covering all things BYU. In case you didn't know, Cougars is BYU. Pokes is Cowboys. Sooners is Oklahoma Sooners. Horn Frogs is TCU. And I am Big 12. Shout out to the schools sending cease and desists. All right. So uh, we have to talk about some uh, variety of things tonight. But the first thing that we're going to talk about uh, and I've got some headers for this. It is, LOL, <laughs> what is happening for this first one? All right, so on the floor, there he is. Okay, John, we've got John. John's going to be the, the big one here just for a little bit. Uh, um, all right, John. So Oklahoma no longer has Lincoln Riley. Uh, right. How? What stage are we at? I, and I've seen a bunch of people on Oklahoma Twitter tweeting, I am at stage X. I am at stage Y. What stage are you at right now? Uh, acceptance. Um, you know, Sunday afternoon while I'm at the park with my kids about 2, 2.30 o'clock, 3 o'clock, and the news is coming through that Lincoln Riley is uh, agreeing to a deal with USC. Uh, anger definitely uh, took hold as, you know, 12 to 14 hours earlier. Uh, it was kind of understood that like, oh, hey, I'm not going to be the next coach at LSU. Very interesting choice of words, Lincoln Riley. I wish our media would have uh, peppered him a little bit more um, about that, but he, he moved on, so they had to move on. Uh, yeah, it's, it's been a crazy couple days. Um, I think everybody that covers the program, fans of the program, obviously if anybody watched the, the state of the program press conference yesterday, everybody was in shock. Everybody was caught off guard by this. Um, not – not a single person had any thought that that Lincoln Riley would be leaving one or that he'd be going to USC. You know, the first, I think the earliest report we saw on that on Sunday was a Bruce Feldman report from the athletic that said that USC was going to make a big swing for him. And again, I think most people just kind of chalk that up as this is just another rumor connected to Lincoln Riley that we've experienced for many of the last several years. And so, yeah, it's, it's just been shocking to say the least. And I mean, definitely a lot of frustration in the fan base. Uh, there's still a lot of frustration in the fan base if you, if you follow it all on social media at all. But for me personally, I'm just like, all right, it's done. He's in, he's in California. Enjoy that scene. Uh, it's time to, to find a new head coach. Uh, all right, so we'll go back to the full shot here. We'll, 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 we'll take you off the, uh, the restream stand, as, as I'll call it. So, Stephen, your your school just went through a coaching change uh, via helicopter, I guess, is how they made the exchange. Are you one of those people that is thinking like, wow, this 
coaching stuff is getting out of hand the way it's just kind of hirings and firings the timing of it all it's making you it's making you uncomfortable or you just kind of like this is what the sport is it's kind of dumb if we don't act like that this is what it is or ignorant i should say if we don't act like this is what the sport is yeah i mean i'm kind of resigned to it at this point i think the the ou situation is interesting and i'm sorry john but this is really like the, watching the OU fan base over the past week, it's like the homecoming queen has a pimple. It's like, you know, they just two disappointing things have happened in the span in the span of like 48 hours. And they don't, they're not really sure what, how to deal with it, what's happening, why that might happen. Um, and I think this is a curious move. Now I get from a point of like, okay, he's going to the PAC 12 instead of the SEC. He, USC is built to win right away. Uh, but it's still very bizarre that he would leave Oklahoma for USC and that he would do it in this fashion where we really didn't have any idea that it was happening, you know, before it went down. Um, as far as the, the coaching, you know, profession and where it is, yes, I think it's gone a little too far. I feel like someone it's fed by the early signing day. Um, we're seeing coaches get fired midseason, which – I understand it, but I feel like it's bad for them. It's bad for, you know, the student athletes. Uh, And then, like, more than anything, yesterday we saw a coach who still has an outside chance at playing for a national championship, and Brian Kelly, who was just like, deuces, I'm headed to Baton Rouge to go coach at LSU. Notre Dame's not playing in the Independence Bowl. Like, they could legitimately be in the college (laughs) football playoff. And he said, all right, good luck, guys. You know, do your thing. Um, and, but, and also, they don't have an interim head coach because he's trying to get Marcus Freeman and Tommy Reese to come with him so to Baton Rouge right now, which is like, it's awful. Yeah, it's it's a dirty business. Um, so is it has it gone too far? Yeah, but also like, this is sort of the beast that everyone's created. It's like we can complain and say, man, I wish it was the good old days, you know, like the seventies where they had a freshman team and everybody just <laughs> was honest and forthright and. Did everything the and right we're way. We're in the option, right? And yeah, the- but the bottom line is, like, you have everybody's out for themselves. Everybody's trying to make a buck. Um, so, to me, like, this is the biggest kind of justification for, you know, if student athletes are going to hop in the transfer portal, or they're going to kind of look out for their bottom line. Like in this day and age, you just have to be compassionate about it. You have to understand it because they're getting fed, you know, a, a line of BS by a lot of people in their life and there's still plenty of folks around college athletics. I understand that are trying to do the best for everyone. Um, but no, I, I feel like it's, has it gone too far? Probably, but it's a train that's already down the tracks. And unless you're going to start peeling back early signing day or putting some sort of rule in place where it's like, Hey, let's not, you know, let's not do any of this until the season's over, but we're, we're not naive to that either. It's like, it's like Lincoln Riley telling Scott Van Pelt, well, I've never talked to anybody about, you know, changing jobs when I was at Oklahoma. Well, that might honestly be true, but your agent was, or your team was, I mean, we know how these things work through the back right. channels. Like this stuff goes down all the time. And I feel bad for, you know, the, the athletes that have to deal with the constant changes. Yeah. I, and, and Jay, I want to kind of make that ask you about this too. Um, you know, like this idea that it's like, you know, it's, it's uh, Danny Canal made a great point the other day. And I, I actually don't agree with Danny a whole lot on a lot of things, but he made a great point. Like this is basically becoming the NFL. Like these kids, remember how, I mean, I remember when Kelly Bryant decided to leave that one year when he got replaced 
And they had the game where Lawrence got hurt. And I think Chase Bryce had to come in. Mm-hmm. And everybody's like, where's Kelly Bryant? Kelly Bryant can be playing right now, but he quit in his team. How like, how dumb does that sound now? How ridiculous does that sound now? Like a take like that. Well, it, it just, it, it, it's absurd. It, it, it is what it is. And trust me, we're doing out here BYU. There's been rumors around Kalani Sitak here for the better part of three mm-hmm. weeks. Obviously, Lincoln Riley taking the, taking the USC job has kind of cooled that, obviously. But Washington taking Kalen DeBoer uh, out of Fresno State. But when you have your coach being mentioned for that, it's going to have fans upset. So, yeah, the whole thing about players and they should be loyal to the programs. Why should they be loyal when their coaches, are like we're seeing right now, they're not loyal at all. You want to pay me how much money? Yeah, I'll be there tomorrow. See you then. And I, I don't blame them. Like, I don't blame the coaches, but like, let's let's stop holding the kids to the same standard. Linda, yeah. I want to get to you about this. Uh, how, like, what has this experience been like? Are you on the side of like, we're not getting enough credit or like, well, we'll take our win. We'll take our fifth ranking and we'll just watch the, we'll watch the show. Yeah, absolutely. First of all, I think most of this season, the Oklahoma State football team has felt pretty underlooked and underappreciated from like a national standpoint. And they felt week after week that they have to go out and prove themselves. I prefer to be in that mentality than like, uh, oh, look at us, look at how good we are uh, mentality. So I'm not mad about that at all. I do want to second the fact that kids should, these kids should, I think this is the perfect argument for them being able to make NIL deals and making some money off of their names because it's ridiculous to hold them to some loyal standard when the dude's getting paid millions of dollars can dip and dive whenever they feel like it. So just want to get on board and say, I agree with that, but yeah, for sure. It's been, we're just watching. I'm just watching it happen. And after the win on Saturday, it's been a whirlwind. I know for OU fans, it's giving me some Brad Underwood uh, flashbacks, which are not fun, but as a whole, I'm just, we're just, I'm ready to take on uh, Baylor in the big 12 championship. By the way, also nobody mentioned now. And I I mean, Steve, we've, we've seen this. How Sonny Dykes just like clearly mailed them for last month. Like, oh my gosh, completely yeah. Completely mailed that thing in at SMU. Well, and they kept up the dumb charade. Like, the <laughs> announcement was made Friday during the TCU game. And then Saturday, he's walking down, you know, the pony walk or whatever they call it. They're 12 fans, you know, that show up and try to pretend to cheer for SMU football. And people are wearing like TCU suck shirts and folks are yelling like, put your purple on Sonny. Cause they all know he's leaving. He's just walking around. And then the press conference are like, they ask him about it. He's like, well, I don't want to talk about like, what do you mean? You don't want to talk about the coaching change. We all know you're going here. You're like halfway to Fort Worth. I mean, SMU's already picked out their next coach. Yeah. Yeah. Rhett Lashley was like in, in the building. He like said hi to the team after the game. He's like, I'm ready to rock and roll with you guys. Uh, but yeah, it was so stupid. And they lost to Tulsa, which was embarrassing. And that was another thing. All these TCU fans are melting down, tweeting me like, well, why do we want Sonny Dykes? You know, SMU sucks. They've sucked all November. I'm like, yeah, because all the kids know that he's gone. Of course they <laughs> suck. He's, he's recruiting kids to TCU right now. Like, yeah, he's not yes. really interested in winning games in the American. He might not work out, but it's not going to be because of that. So, yes, yeah. it's it's also dumb. All right. Uh, I'm going to hit it. Let's, 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 let's talk about one of our sponsors here real quick before we get we get to some more fun coaching carousel questions. A lot of their noises. Uh, prize picks is the best way to play daily fantasy. I'm sure they've got some, probably some college football coaching odds there. You know, over under 
two more Big 12 coaches to go or something. And that probably 0.5 Big 12 coaches to go. I think Matt Campbell's probably the only one we're looking at right now. But this weekend for championship weekend, over-unders for yards, touchdowns, interceptions, rushing yards, uh, team totals, all those th- kinds of things you can find at Prize Picks right now. You go and download the app. It's available in most states. Just use that promo code Locked On L O C K E D O N Locked On. You'll receive a hundred percent deposit match up to a hundred dollars right now. Download the Prize Picks app, and you all can do that today. All right, so John, I'll go to you first on this. Um, potential potential replacements. The big three that we've heard. Well, I think people are talking about it's Josh Heupel. It is uh, Brent Venables, and then I'm totally blanking on the third one. Uh, everybody's been talking about. Help me out here. I mean, you, I've heard Luke Fickle thrown around. You, right. I mean, there's a whole host of names that. But, but the, I, think, I think I think the two think leaders the, were Venables and Heupel, and Heupel just because of that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now Josh Heupel gave a really unconvincing interview where, where he's you know people were like, uh, would you know would you go? I, I forget it was um, former Tennessee quarterback. Totally forgetting his name. Eric Ainge. Yeah, Eric Ainge. Yeah, and and. He's like, you're staying, you know, I can't wait. And Josh Heupel, as he should, should not promise anything and just said, look, I'm, you know, I'm really building this Tennessee program. I'm focused on it. If Oklahoma promised to drop a gigantic bag, I could not, you know, fault him one bit. But the favorite right now really does seem to be Brent Venables, so much so to where people actually thought they might even introduce him yesterday at the press conference. Yeah. Yeah, it's that's where all the smoke is headed right now is towards Brent Venables. Uh, even as early as tonight, Chris Planks saying they're just kind of ironing out the details. Um, you mm-hmm. know, I'm hearing I'm hearing things like, you know, if it's done if it's done tonight, it'll be him. If it's not, they might start looking at another, another direction. I think a lot of it is just ironing out details on Brent Venables at this point, which I think would be a great hire for the Oklahoma Sooners. Um, first of all, I, I do want to congratulate Linda and the Oklahoma State Cowboys on their Bedlam win. Apparently, it was so convincing that it ran Lincoln Riley out of the state. Um, yeah, man, it, Brent Venables, it, I feel like it's a great, great hire. I just did some research for an article and put together for Sooners Wire you look back at just the level of success of getting defensive players drafted in the top 100 in the NFL. Brent Venables has had 15 top 100 picks, eight first round picks at Clemson. Oklahoma's had only five top 100 picks on the defensive side of the football and just one first round pick in that same time frame. So obviously a much better defensive uh, opportunity for Oklahoma, especially as they're heading into the SEC at some point, whether it's next year or down the road, it's it's going to be a big a big move for them. And uh, you look at a lot of the alumni and former players, and they're all all over the idea of Brent Venables coming to Oklahoma. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Like finally, for him to take a job, it would be this one. Uh, Stephen, if you were Joe C, would you want to wait a second before you go to the SEC? Because I feel like with the deterioration of this recruiting class in the moment. Might want to pump the brakes here a second. Make sure we all get all set up, get our get our ducks in a row before we head to the Southeastern Conference and get ready for that. That's a fair point, and I do love the idea though. You being like, no, let's let's please wait a year so we can twenty twenty five. We're actually fine before, with that. We're actually fine with twenty twenty five before we can go to the SEC. Uh, well, also you're talking about. I mean, Venables. I think it'd be a great hire, but you're also talking about a totally different identity shift. I know with Alex Grinch, they've you know. Uh, leaned into defense more, but this would be a defensive guy who I'm sure is going to bring on a great offense coordinator. And 
do you go from really, you know, pounding the pavement, getting five-star receivers to maybe getting some more athletic guys on the other side of the ball? Um, I could see that, but ultimately, like, the money is going to win out. So I don't know if – does Josie want a super competitive football team? Yes, but if the SEC is like, hey, we need to get this TV contract done, we need you guys in here right now, then uh, that's going to be the, the priority number one. I mean, so much of it's going to depend on what happens with Caleb Williams. Yeah, that's huge, right? Well, and you, and you saw, I mean, basically, because here's the thing, like, he, it's almost like you, you don't want to give a kid, an 18-year-old, 19-year-old kid, like, that kind of agency or, you know, ability, I guess, to, but, like, it's it's almost, like, does the kid get any input? I mean, on who the next coach is? Because Rattler's gone. The new kid, what's Malachi? What was Nelson. Yeah. Nelson. Yeah. He's he's going to USC. Yeah. Like, do you Shocker. almost yeah, yeah. Do you almost <laughs> give uh, you almost have a conversation with some of the players leadership and be like, hey fellas, we need you guys here. Who do you guys want? I mean Yeah, I mean I don't know if you can, you know. You right, gotta you gotta can. look you gotta look long term. You know, you gotta look at what's gonna be best for our our program when Caleb Williams is in the NFL because he's not gonna be around forever. And right. You, and I think the thing that hurts so much about this move is people thought Lincoln Riley would be around forever or he went to the NFL, but they, they got to find somebody who's going to be around for a Bob Stoops like tenure. And that transition makes it so much more difficult to the fact that they're going to, have to be the person that makes that transition. Um, Jake, where do you think the biggest domino is still to fall? I mean, obviously Notre Dame is going to be filled, but do we think Notre Dame gets filled with a, Marcus Freeman, a, a Tommy Reese. Do we think – wouldn't it be so weird if they did the same thing they did last time and got an, a Catholic dude from Cincinnati to come coach their team? And, and I mean, look, it hey. worked the first time, right? It worked the first time. Where do you think the next big domino is to fall? Do you, who do you, you know? I guess the kind of the question is, who do you think the Notre Dame head coach is? Well, and that's the thing. It is Notre Dame because for everything Notre Dame professes to be, it is still one of the biggest brands in college football. So whoever gets that job, it's going to have, it's going to just kind of fall down the line. I think Luke Fickle should be the guy that they target, obviously, because it would be funny. Yeah. The Catholic guy from Cincinnati coming to take over Notre Dame a second time. But yeah, I think Marcus Freeman should be in the mix there. The good news is for a, a team like Notre Dame, they have the cachet nationally, despite not being, necessarily a true title contender that they can go out and essentially knock down, knock on anybody's door and they're going to at least listen to the overtures. That That's the thing about this. I was as stunned as anybody that Brian Kelly bolted for LSU that, that I don't know. LSU and Brian Kelly just don't seem yeah. like made in heaven to me, but he's getting a bag full of money, $95 million apparently over 10 years. So good on you, sir. You cashed in that way. But the biggest domino still to fall is Notre Dame, and obviously it'll have a domino effect on multiple programs as they try to adjust to whoever they decide to hire. Linda, I think the one thing that people – and I can't believe this hasn't happened. Like, why wouldn't somebody call Mike Gundy after this year? And also, uh, Jim Knowles, like all, all the Oklahoma State fans are like, please, nobody, please, 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 nobody call Jim Knowles. I, now, here's a good thing. I don't think he'd go back to Duke. That job is open now. I don't think he'd go back to the Duke. I think he's actually kind of above that job at this point, in my opinion. Um, what are you hearing on that front? And aren't you glad that that little Oklahoma State's keeping things under the radar because nobody's knocking on y'all's door to take any of your coaches from a top five team in the country right now? 
Uh, yeah, I'm very worried about Jim Knowles. Now, Mike Gundy's come out and talked about keeping him on staff and said, you know, he was like, within reason, he'll be on this team next year. I'm willing to go a little outside of reason. I'm I like, I don't think that there's uh, any argument for not keeping him on staff mm-hmm. as a defensive coordinator. I also think he really likes Stillwater and likes being there. So I'm not sure what might entice him to leave that being said i know like the florida uh the new coach in florida and i can't think of his name off the top of my Uh, head billy napier thank you i I, all i knew was billy and i was like i can't just say that nobody's gonna (laughs) big billy down there in florida (laughs) billy donovan i know he's been talking about jim knoll some but i think there's some other uh coach names in the circle of dudes he's targeting so I am very hopeful that he sticks around. I think he is a shoe in for the Broyles award this year. He's just done a, a fantastic job getting that defense on track. And a lot of those guys have like Brock Martin has already announced he's coming back. Mike Gundy said a lot of the veterans will return next year for this defense. So I think that might play a part in him sticking around in Stillwater as well. Yeah. And building up that, that kind of cachet one more year. All right, quick word from our sponsors, and we got one more coaching question, and then we'll move on after that. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at betonline.ag. They have some odds normally for some of these coaching jobs. So if you want to bet on who the next Notre Dame head coach will be, you can go to betonline.ag today. Find those odds. They've got odds for football, basketball, baseball, soccer, hockey, uh, MMA, Formula One, boxing, and Vegas casino games as well. New slick Look online. You can go check that out uh, today. Bet online. Use that promo code locked on, L O C K E D O N, locked on. And uh, if you do that, you'll receive a 50% deposit bonus. So if you deposit 100 bucks, they'll give you an extra 50 to play with today at betonline.ag. Bet online, it is where the game starts. Also, our friends at Built Bar. Have you guys gotten the Built Bars for, for Christmas? Did you guys get some of those Black Friday Built Bars? Yes, they, I did. They were good. They were very good. Uh, holiday season, my friends. If you guys want a delicious treat that is less calories than your standard pie or your cupcake or your brownies, whatever you make, it'll make you feel just as good. But you could like go and work out afterwards. You know, you can go and and uh, run a mile. You can hop on the bike, the Peloton, whatever you want to do, because they're almost desserts, but they're also protein bars as well. And they've got many new flavors. Uh, coming out all the time, raspberry, mint brownie, cherry, double chocolate, cookies and cream, peanut butter, brownie, all of that right now. Go use uh, the promo code LOCKED15. It's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, LOCKED15 at Built.com. It's Built.com for 15% off. And they always, especially this time of year, a whole lot of new things coming your way at Built.com. So go check that out. All right. One question, rapid fire, and then we'll get to some non-coaching items. Uh, just your answer on this, John, we'll start with you. Matt Campbell, is he coaching Iowa State in the 2022 season? No. Where do you think he would go? Oh, man, that's a great question now because I thought it was going to be USC. Um, you don't shoot, have actually, to know now. I mean, it, I it could open. Yes. So, yes. You think yes? Yeah. yeah. Steven? Yes. I mean, there are only so many places where you can say your goal is not to win a conference title. And- <laughs> Stick around. That's very. That's a very fair point, uh, Linda. I was gonna say no, but then I, uh, Stephen, reminded me of that god awful press conference, and I'm gonna agree and say yes. 
Jake. I'll just be the black sheep. I'm going to say no. I, I think he's got too much attention on him. I, Notre Dame should kick the tires on him. There's no doubt about that. This guy wins. And if you can win in Ames, Iowa, you can win in South Bend, Indiana. I agree. I agree. I'm going to say yes. Uh, no, I'm going to say he's not the coach next year. But I think the job might be at the next level. Because remember, a couple NFL teams did take a pass on him last time, and he said no. Yeah. I don't think I don't think a seven and five as we know of Cliff Kingsbury a seven and five at schools like Iowa State or Texas Tech and no offense to them that doesn't necessarily disqualify you from getting a job right and look I think the Lions are I, actually I'm pretty confident that the Lions are probably looking for a new coach after the season I'm not sure if you guys watched the Thanksgiving game they're gonna fire Man Campbell I did just you, really you, like Dan Campbell man I know he's bad but he's so yeah. RIP to coffee companies. Did you guys see the double timeout that yes. he rolled out? I mean, that was one of the worst pieces of coaching I've ever seen. But he bites in my kneecaps. Entire life. Yeah, what, if they, what if they try to fire me, like choke somebody or something? They physically buried footage of a game a couple weeks ago as if, like, you know, like that might work like 10. 20 years ago, but like everything's digital now. So did he just get a, did he just like find a VHS? Like how do they physically bury the footage now? And everything as, as if we you know we can't go back and watch what happened. That's uh, so like eighth grade B team. Like just, <laughs> they buried we've, got, we've got this here disc. We're gonna, had Microsoft surface tablet. Probably just buried one of those. Just buried a tablet <laughs> in the, ground. The, the interns are like, we got one missing coach. What, what happened to it? He's like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about that one. Um, yeah. But no, I, like, I think, I mean, there's always NFL jobs and look, you know, a lot of them, Hey, Maybe Matt Rule wants to come back and coach college. They're in the situation there. You know, that, that, could, that could be a possibility, and, and they flip-flop there. You never know. So I'm going to say no. And also, I think his, stop, his, his stock will drop because that team next year is not going to be that good. Um, compared, I mean, they're losing so many awesome players off that team. So, all right, that will do it for coaching. We are going to go now to the next part. Wait, before, before we move on. Oh, yes, coaching, go ahead. Go ahead, John. I just wanted to say something to Stephen and Linda. Um, Gary Patterson and Mike Gundy would never have pulled what Lincoln Riley pulled. So for as much crap as those two guys get, uh, loyalty was definitely uh, high. I wouldn't put it past guys. Mike Gundy. Uh, me, I yeah, dude, no, was... okay. Listen, somebody reminded me today, big Oklahoma State fan, that Mike Gundy has been in Stillwater, like literally lived in Stillwater Most, since he was 18 yeah. years old. Yeah. That I is mean, true. I don't think he would ever – he did a lot of the flirting with other schools to get uh, bigger contracts, which I totally get. Get your bag. But um, for as much like um, – how do I put this? Just <laughs> – nicely i've i've complained a bit about mike gundy's offensive play calling in the past and some in the present but your this week has been like oh god i'm so glad we're not doing that like i'm oh <laughs> so you're i mean i appreciate that it feels good that that's not happening i think gp and gp did have a little bit of a flirtatious streak with yeah well he, like he, mid 2000 2010s he was really loyal. He did say at one point that there were a couple of jobs he would, you know, answer the phone for. And he'll tell anybody who asks or doesn't ask about the Tennessee job. He was at one time like in the running for the Tennessee job, 
but they didn't really, you know, personality wise, they didn't get along. It's kind of like your grandpa telling you that like Lucille Ball asked him out or something. Like he just <laughs> wants to tell anyone and everyone that Tennessee had a shot at him and they, they missed out, but he is very loyal. That's right. He, yes. He's loyal to a fault. Yeah. I just, yeah, I, I, I understand John, why you're upset about it. No, and it's, it's, and more, I'm just thinking like, how cool is it that a guy like Mike Gundy yes. has been where he's been for as long as he's been and had up, you know, he's had some successful seasons before this one too, where he could have been a hot name to get a, a, a higher level job, but never took it. I just think it's really cool. Like, and I, and I know I'm the naive kind of sports fan, college football analyst. Right. Um, and, but no, yeah, I'm not just, saying right. You are, but like a lot of us. No, are. I mean, it's true. Like, you know, I, everybody, anytime anybody asks me about Lincoln Riley going even to the Dallas Cowboys, I'm like, he's never leaving Oklahoma for the Dallas Cowboys. Like that's, there's, I mean, yes, the Dallas Cowboys is a great job, but anyway, I, I digress, but no, I, this is more just to say, like, it, I've always had a lot of respect for Gary Patterson. I've got more and more respect all the time for Mike Gundy. I just think it's cool when these guys decide to make a job, like their life job, you know, that's just really right. Cool. And, and I think it makes what Bob Stoops is doing now, even, even pretty cool. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Jake. Sorry. Well, that's, that's one thing that BYU fans are hoping that Kalani Satake mm-hmm. is said. This is a dude who grew up rooting for the Cougars, played for the Cougars, and has said multiple times his dream job was to be the head coach at BYU. They're hoping that he pulls a Mike Gundy and makes it a long-term stop. Yeah, I think it's cool that the Big 12 has had some of those guys, right? Like, I mean, I always say fans want to be Matt Campbell, but I think, like, to, to your point, John, I mean, it's it's pretty clear, like, Bob Stoops is showing now why he is one of those guys, right? Like, this, you know, he is, he's come back as the interim coach. Who, uh, who is a Wisconsin guy? Totally blanking. Um, Larry Alvarez. Did the same thing, right? Athletic director and came back and coached a game for them as well, too. Um, all right, let's get to these college football playoff rankings here. All right? So here we go. This is the first graphic that we always show. There you go, Gary Farda. Um, as always, representing Gary. Uh, always reasonable. All right. Always, yeah, always. We're going to keep that one going. Okay, here are your latest rankings. One, Georgia. Two, Michigan State. Three, Alabama. Four, Cincinnati. Five, your Oklahoma State Cowboys. Sixth, Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Seven, Ohio State Buckeyes. Eight is the Ole Miss Rebels. Nine, the Baylor Bears. Sad they got dropped a little bit. Ten is the Oregon Ducks. And then also uh, representing the Big 12 Conference slash future Big 12 Conference, it is Oklahoma at 14. Uh, I'm sorry, Miss BYU at number 12 there. So 12 BYU. Oklahoma is 14. The Houston Cougars are at 21 man so i just want to mention this really fast before we get going here uh and i'll, I'll go to i'll give you jake on this um fantastic stuff from the future members here and also we were so close to getting an undefeated houston and an undefeated cincinnati i mean those two teams did not come across each other and houston was beaten up on Texas tech pretty good earlier this season shout out to byu 10 and 2 escape from usc the other night um and literally escaped from USC and also I guess figuratively with Kalani Stocky not not going there as well too so double yeah. meeting there on that one but yeah uh, three future members in the top twenty five here and uh, two future members inside the top twelve and that's the that's the really fun part about this is there's there's been a lot of people out here uh, Utah fans in particular out out this way who have been really saying that. BYU's going to a conference that's it, it's just not going to be as good once Oklahoma and Texas depart and. All BYU fans do, they just point at the college football playoff rankings. They're like, are you seeing what I'm seeing here? Like, <laughs> there are more ranked teams in the future Big 12. And even, even if Oklahoma and Texas don't leave right away, you could have 
these ranked teams for at least two or three years altogether. And it's as good, if not better than the Pac-12 right now. So it's actually some really, really positive signs moving forward for this conference. Linda, I'll go to you now. Five, they positioned you all very well. Now, the concern comes, I guess you can't really worry about this stuff, but the concern comes here. Dear Lord, please, please let Georgia beat Alabama and please let them do it by at least more than a touchdown so we don't have to hear all these SEC heads be like, well, it was close. And who's Nobody's played Georgia close yet this year, so please, God, that's what we're <laughs> hoping for, right? Am I correct on this? Right, yeah. I'm a huge Georgia fan. Been lifelong. And um, here's my issue with Alabama. First of all, they moved Baylor down a spot because it was a close win against Texas Tech, right? But then – Alabama went to four overtimes against Auburn, Auburn, and they six don't win, move six at win all. Auburn. Six win Auburn as well. And they don't move at all? That's insane to me. I, like, I get it, and like dudes on Twitter are like, well, it's because the name on the helmet. Yeah, I know. It still pisses me off. So, yeah, I, I hope Georgia just beats the dog snot out of them, to be honest. That's what I want. And I want us to do the same to Bay. I mean, obviously nothing matters if Oklahoma State doesn't win. So I hope we also just just womp on Baylor. Uh, Steven, so you always have a good read on, the, on these Baylor Bears. Um, advantage Oklahoma State because it, it, I thought Gary, but Gary Bohannon gives Baylor a good chance to win that game for the big reason that he's already seen Oklahoma state once. And that is an advantage because this defense is so damn good. Mm-hmm. We saw what happened. Donovan Smith had a great week for Texas tech. Then as a, as a, his second or third start, who does he see Oklahoma state? And they pitch a shutout where uh, Texas tech barely gets over a hundred yards. If it's Blake Shapen, I mean, what percent chance are you giving uh, Baylor coming out with a win against Oklahoma state? Uh, less than zero. <laughs> like, yeah, if it's yeah. and and no disrespect to Blake Shaven, like he's done a right, really nice well. job in spot duty, and he played well against Texas Tech and was tough and hung in there and made plays when he needed to. But um, they're limited without Gary Bohan. And I'd also say there's got to be concern. Like he was in full uh, pads on Saturday and went through warmups, but like if he's not ready to go, like full go, you know his his ability to use his legs not even really scrambling, but the way they use him in the power running game, I think that'll probably be a little bit limited um, on Saturday morning when they take on Oklahoma State. So it'll be tough if he's not ready. I I will say one thing I'm interested in watching, though, like Baylor's defense kind of got embarrassed by uh, TCU when Chandler Morris hung 30 on them. And since then, they've been really good. They gave a couple big plays to Tech, but overall, they've been solid. They've been good all year. Um, So, I mean, this might be – like first one I know and I don't I don't want to dunk on him too much like uh, people just say these things but that Iowa quarterback today was talking about uh the Big Ten title game and said well it's not gonna be like a Big 12 game where you know everybody just has all day to throw like dude like the Big 12 title game might be the first team to 13 points wins like these are two really really good defenses and two offenses that are solid and consistent but are not necessarily explosive so yes Baylor needs Gary Bohannon badly um, and they're going to have to be able to, to run the football against this Oklahoma State team, which is something they've been able to do against everybody except for the Pokes when they played them in Stillwater earlier this year. And, and, and John, because, you know, I feel like that 
people will check out that score between Oklahoma and Oklahoma State and play classic shootout. I mean, the special teams accounted for like 20 of those points, right? We had a punt return. We had two muff punts that ended up being touchdowns. We had a safety that was involved there too that was really weird. Like that game was actually a game that was played in the 20s. And if you watch that second half, I mean, that was all about the defenses in half number two. What do you, what as an Oklahoma fan did you observe? I know I know I know there's some there was some bad officiating. I'm going to fully admit that there's some bad calls on both game. sides. Uh, on both no, sides. But let's 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 be honest. The the PI in the end is what I really care about, and that was a bad call. Um. So, but also Oklahoma State got hosed against Iowa State. So these things are are you know, it's all fair. Um. But what did you notice? You think like what was a big takeaway for you? Oklahoma State was the pursuit of the football. Was it Devin Harper just like making the plays when they had to be made, stuff like that? What stuck out to you about the way Oklahoma State played last week? I mean, it was it was the relentless pass rush. You know, I think in the first half, you know, Oklahoma was able to put some points on the board. We saw it. It was 24-24 at halftime. Caleb Williams was actually playing fairly well. Mm-hmm. A rebound game from, you know, two down performances against Baylor and against um, Iowa State. He was looking good. He looked he looked like the Caleb Williams we saw several weeks before. But then the second half, man, some of it, obviously Oklahoma State's defense was playing really, really good football. They were just getting after the passer. Some of it was Lincoln Riley's play calling. I mean, they had a drive in the fourth quarter where something like eight minutes left to play. And the game is still pretty well within re- – I mean, it's close. I don't, I don't think they've even had a lead yet. But they have a six-play drive, and they don't hand the ball off once. And Kennedy Brooks is actually making some headway against this Oklahoma State defense that's one of the best rush defenses in college football. And he finishes with over 100, 100 yards rushing on the day. And there's a drive where he doesn't touch the ball. It was just coaching malpractice. Some of it was also Oklahoma just very, very poorly timed mental mistakes and miscues. I mean, you know, holding calls after big, you know, to that create mm-hmm. big runs or after big plays. You know, there's the the Caleb Williams, you know, lateral pass that he's trying to throw on a swing pass that probably was looking to set up set up a trick play, gets dropped. Then Jaden Hazelwood kicks it out of bounds, you know, for a penalty on that one. Just a lot of like, you know, mental miscues, and it's part of the reason I feel like a lot of folks are even more frustrated with Lincoln Riley, knowing that his his people have been in communication with USC, is that this team was not playing disciplined football all year long. They were making mental mistakes all year long, and that really showed up in the third quarter there. Uh, but, yeah, Oklahoma State, man, they're a legit team. And, you know, that Spencer Sanders, I mean, he played the best game I've ever seen him play in that game. And Oklahoma's defense, they're not as good as Baylor's. They're not as, I don't think they're as good as Iowa State's. But it's not a slouch defense. Like they've got some guys that can get after the passer and and really hound the quarterback. And I mean, he looked like a Heisman contender playing against Oklahoma on on Saturday. And so, if that's the Spencer Sanders they get in the Big Twelve Championship game, I mean, I, they're going to have a great chance to win that one. Uh, all right, my friends. If you guys are hungry, I've got some bad news for you. We're about to hear from our friends from Omaha Steaks. So uh, hang on to your hats. The holidays are around the corner, and finding the perfect gift is tricky. Omaha Steaks makes it easy. Actually, that's actually very true. Like that, this is undeniably true. Uh, easy to send to friends and family. An unforgettable gift, guaranteed to be loved. Go to omahasteaks.com and enter college into the search bar for the perfect gift package for ninety nine dollars and ninety nine cents. You'll get twenty four entrees like the world-famous 
bacon wrap filet mignon, chicken breasts, sides, desserts, and so much more. When you use the promo code college, you get an, also get an additional eight Omaha Steaks burgers free with your order. We've all heard the reports about shortages and shipping delays, so don't wait. Order the perfect gift package today at omahasteaks.com, and you'll get eight free burgers when you enter the code COLLEGE. Achieve gift-giving greatness with Omaha Steaks. Incredible flavor, incredible value, and 100% guaranteed. omahasteaks.com, keyword COLLEGE, my friends. That will set you up right here. By the way, it's um, bacon wrap filet, four boneless chicken breasts, uh, four Omaha Steak burgers, uh, four gourmet jumbo franks, four individual scalloped potatoes, four caramel the caramel apple tarts, guys. Oh my god, they're phenomenal! Uh, one jar of signature seasoning, and then eight free Omaha steak burgers on the side. Oh my god, my mouth is watering right now just reading this. Okay, so that'll do it uh, for that. Any observations anybody else wants to make from the from the top twenty five here as we go forward? Basically, here's the way I, I, I see it. Let me let me see if you guys are on the same page here. If we have chalk this weekend in the um, SEC championship game, so let's just say Georgia wins, right? Michigan wins, Cincinnati wins, Oklahoma State wins. That is our four, correct? That is what we believe. There is. Does anybody here believe Alabama loses by three? They're going to find their way in. That that's the thing about it. if it's seven or less. I totally see that playing out. You think so? Yeah. You think yeah. we all get the, the awful outcome? I don't yep. think so. I, I don't think we can look at those performances in the last couple weeks and be like I, – I'm just not sure how you justify it, especially if Cincinnati, who's in the top four right now, goes on to win and Oklahoma State gets another top ten win. I get what you're all saying, I, and I know that – gosh darn it, I'm, I'm going back on what I said earlier this year because I was like, we, we can't trust these assholes. But like – we have to believe that's going to be they're going to make the right call, right? If chalk holds this weekend, gotta be those First four teams. All, I think. I, I'm with you. You said they don't have to justify it, but like, how have they justified anything that they've said so far? So, like, I don't know. I like, I I want to be like I'm optimistic, but I'm a, evidently being an Oklahoma State fan turned me into a pessimist, and I'm I'm nervous. I feel pretty good about. Mm-hmm. What the scenario you laid out, Josh. Now, listen, I'm not ever going to put it past the committee to give an SEC team, especially Alabama and Gary Farta, you know, the benefit of the doubt. And I know that we're off to sit there in the SEC title game and Gary Danielson, the ultimate, the ultimate company man, is going to be like, well, you know, I mean, <laughs> Alabama, how can you leave out Alabama? He did it last week. He did it last week, yeah. Who has Cincinnati played? What's the American Conference? The only America I trust is the United States of America. (laughs) And it's it's all about the SEC, baby. And it's just going to be nauseating. But, like, if – here's the deal. They could do it. And I wouldn't be shocked if they did it. But if you're going to do that, like, you're totally telling everybody that this is a total sham and, like, a mockery and it doesn't make any sense, which – Again, not going to completely put the odds at zero for them to just do that. <laughs> but, like, if you want to keep some semblance of competitive balance, because this is another thing, like the coaching carousel we discussed earlier, this is another thing that's really hurting college football. 
is that all like we talk so much about the playoff and ultimately there's four teams that can make the playoff. And if we're being honest with ourselves, there's a lot of schools that like are never going to have a chance to sniff the playoff. Right. And like the beauty, one of the things that I think is great about college football is in pro sports, everybody's trying to win a title. And if you don't want a title, it's super disappointing. But if you're like a TCU fan and your team goes eight and four and plays in, you know, the cheese it bowl, you can still feel pretty good about your season. Right. Like it's kind of fun. Your team won some big games. You go to a bowl game and that's like, that's getting cheapened now by the playoff process. And if you just totally go villain mode, then I think it's going to turn a lot of people off to, to this whole charade. I guarantee and this, this is why we, especially like that was one of the first thing I brought up when I mentioned the football, the, the rankings that I, I asked Jake about the, you know, the other teams, like, and I've mentioned that a bunch in this show before. Kansas State going seven and five matters because if, if Kansas State fans care, it matters. I have my Willie the Wildcat shirt right over, right over here, right? So if you want to go to the gym and wear your shirt after a big win, that stuff matters. And Stephen, like to your point, like Oklahoma State making the playoff, even if they get boat raced by Georgia, that cool. But like, and, and of course they're gonna give it their all. But like being there is awesome. And if Cincinnati gets there. It's awesome, and it, it, it's going to make us feel accomplished. That's why I think we all have so much invested in this round of the college football playoff because who is not there, right? Who is not there? Ohio State won't be there. Oklahoma won't be there. Um, Clemson is not going to be there. And we think, we think, we hope, we pray, we do whatever in our homes we need to do to fingers crossed whatever, whatever God you pray to or if you don't have a God, whatever. But, like, we're just all saying, look, please no Bama. If Georgia beats them, keep them out. It feels like this season's predetermined. If you told me right now, hey, look, uh, everybody, we're not going to make Georgia play an SEC title game. We're not going to make them play a semifinal. We're going to put them in the final. Everybody would be like, you know what? That's fine. All right, that's totally fine. They they kind of earned that at this point in time. But this is really about three and four right now. And, and will they make the right decision? And I know we're all kind of – on pins and needles waiting to see. But I think, I think like Cincinnati to me has been so convincing that you just can't look. I think if any team gets shafted, I think it's gonna be Oklahoma state. Like, to be honest, I think it's the pokes. I mean, Cincinnati has been so convincing and they've kept them in that range that I just, I don't see a way in which that, that they take them out. I'm totally setting myself up for a disaster. I, I'm talking myself into a complete disaster. Somebody save me. No, I mean, I think, I think you're right. Like, I'm going to play naive sports analyst again and just think that they can't put a two-loss Bama team in there when you've got undefeated Georgia, undefeated Cincinnati, who's got a signature win over a top-six team, Notre Dame, and a one-loss Oklahoma State team who won the Big 12 Conference, beating Baylor twice, beating Oklahoma. I mean, it, it just would not make any sense, and it would just put on display for the whole world to see what the absolute farce the college football playoff would be in that situation. They've got to do it to save face. And if they don't, it, I mean, everybody will want to burn it down. Like I will burn months. it down. Just so we're clear. I will it burn it Seth down. Rollins, baby. I won't want to. <laughs> There's a wrestling reference for the evening. Um, all right. Should we take out, talk about this weekend? There really isn't a whole lot of, so the sicko stuff is off the board. Um, there really is no sickos game of the week. Uh, oh, well, actually, actually, there is a sickos game of the week. Um, well, let's get out of the way now. It's in the Pac-12. Cal is 
Cal was playing USC. I was going to say Saturday night. It's one out on the West Coast. The yeah. <laughs> is this uh, like a makeup game? Is this a makeup yes, COVID this game? Is, this is okay. a makeup game. This is a makeup Cal, game. Cal's the only team that's had a game postponed due to COVID issues. It was the USC game two weeks ago. They moved it to this weekend. It's of no consequence. Neither team is bowl eligible. They're just playing a game. Does so, Riley call plays. I love that for them. Because <laughs> Lincoln Riley call plays, yeah, from the from the upstairs booth. Um, all right, so let's go around to everybody and talk about the game that we're most looking forward to this week. Linda, you have the yeah. honors. I know you're going to tell me not to pick my own team's no, you, game. No, you, but no, you may pick it. To you be may honest, pick it this week. I make the rules. No, I'm just kidding. I'm I am making orange Jello shots to take on my couch while I watch this Oklahoma State game. I have a plan for if we come out with a big win, we have the whole day planned. Also have a backup plan in case things go very poorly and I need some self-love. So I'm very ready. Um, I'm nervous. This is I Linda's last be... podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'm never coming back. In the third quarter, I texted the guys that I do the fantasy podcast with. I was like, don't talk to me till Monday. D- just don't. <laughs> just don't even talk to me. And then at the end, of course, I was fine. But third quarter, I was not okay. Uh, I'm very ready for that game. I think, like you guys talked about, it's going to be a, it may be a first team to 13 point type of game. It's two teams that really like to run the ball. It's two teams with really good defenses. So, I think it's going to be a, a knockdown, drag out kind of fight. And uh, hopefully Gary Bohannon is doing well, but not quite ready to uh, face Oklahoma State's defense. Linda, cheering and for an injury. Disgusting. No, not cheering for an injury. I said, I hope he's well. But, you know, you hope, you you hope he's encumbered. No, you you, you yeah, got to think about his future. You want him to, you know, <laughs> get some rest. I just want him to rest. That's all. It's the mom in me. But uh, I, I think I think it'll be a really good game. I think it'll be a really good game from a if you enjoy football standpoint. Do you think the Pokes win? Yes. Okay, John, what are you looking forward to this weekend? Oh, Cincinnati, Houston. I really want Cincinnati to win this game. I really, I, I'm I don't know. I love the idea that a Group of Five team is right there on the cusp, um, and one that's playing good football seems to have a really good defense and has a good offense to go with it. Um, it, I like fairness and I like, I, the reason, part of the reason I want to expanded college football playoff is to make sure that everybody has a chance. And my light just went out. Cause I think, yeah. Hey, so we're in the dark. It's cool though. Uh, Gary Barta just cut you off, bro. <laughs> he, did. he did not like my pro group. Since of five who? Nope. Nope. Yeah. Mike Oresco, I need your help. Holler <laughs> at me, boy. Um, so yeah, then that's just what I'll say about that. All right. Um, yeah, good times. Go Cincinnati. Go Paracats. All right, Steven. Yeah, so John kind of stole mine, but I want to ask this question to you, Josh. Why did Dana Holgerson's name not come at all come up at all in this coaching carousel? He's done I, like a great job at Houston. So that was really fascinating to me. And, and here is my read on this, is that they needed to have a good season because they paid him so much money. But I think that's why. I think there's an understanding there that the Fertitta Collective, whoever else – has any involvement at the University of Houston, gave him so much money and invested so much in that program. It's like, bro, you are not going anywhere. Uh, there we go. We're back. Um, that, that was Thanks, my Mike. Thanks, go, Mike yeah, yeah, that, that's just my That's just my two cents, Stephen. Yeah, I was just – I was kind of thinking about that the other day because, you know, his name never really came up in any search, but the TCU search, Texas guy, would kind of makes sense. But I like Dana, and I think I made the joke before, but Lockdown Cougar is the name of – 
Jake's podcast sounds like a Saturday night out with uh, Dana Holgerson. Um, <laughs> if you're gonna have some fun with him, anyway. Uh, so I'll bounce to another game though. I I want to see this is not this is obviously not like an under the radar game, but I just want to see Georgia beat the snot out of Alabama. Like I'm ready to see it happen. I hope it happens. I'm not going to, uh, you know, doubt the Dark Lord Nick Saban, but it would be fun if uh, if we see some pain from from the Alabama faithful on Saturday afternoon. Jake. All right. I, so BYU is ranked 12th. We all know mm-hmm. that college football playoff. As such, under the rules, they are currently still eligible to play in a New Year's Six bowl game. What they need is they need the playoff committee to bump them either in front of Michigan State, who will be idle this weekend, or Linda, we need Oklahoma State to absolutely trounce Baylor and shove the Bears back behind BYU and move the Cougars up to keep their fleeting hopes alive. I still don't think they ultimately make it as an at-large team, but the hope is still there for BYU, so go Pokes. All right, there you go. And then I will pick the game I'm going to be at this weekend. My father is a Wake Forest graduate, so I will be in Charlotte, North Carolina at the ACC championship game for a very, very low amount of money for tickets because nobody gives a crap about these two teams apparently. But but Pitt and Wake fans, I'm here to tell you, this game matters. Your mm-hmm. teams matter because – Tell you what, boys, Wake Forest, boys and girls, uh, Wake Forest, Wake Forest, I remember 2006. I was nine years old in 2006 when Wake Forest went to an Orange Bowl and lost to Brian Brom and Louisville. Uh, Awful experience. I'm looking for another trip. I want to see my Wake Forest, my dad's Wake Forest, Stephen Deacons, go to an Orange Bowl. So it's awesome to see uh, them versus Pitt. And an ACC championship game, I mean, you know, kind of, this kind of goes along the lines of what we're seeing. I know Michigan's a big brand, but Michigan versus Iowa, right? Uh, we're, going to, we're going to get to see Oklahoma State versus a Baylor. We're going to see Pitt versus Wake, right? These are some pretty cool games that we're going to get to see along those lines. So I'm pumped for that one. And obviously, um, to wrap up here, let's get our picks. Pokes or Bears? John, you go first. We're going to win this pick. Yeah, go Pokes. Steven. Yeah, then the Pokes win. Jake. Pokes, big time. I also have the Pokes. I think they win. Big well, time. somebody has to take the Bears. We all no, have no. Nobody yeah. has to take Blake Shapin in his third start against the Pokes. Yeah. He's going to get killed. Defense. He's gonna, yeah, he's going to get killed. We already watched it. All right, everybody, plug your podcast so we can get out of here. John, you go first. Yeah, go follow Locked On Sooners on Twitter and Facebook Locked On Sooners podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at John Nine Williams and read my work covering the Oklahoma Sooners and this incredible coaching search over at the Sooners Wire at usatoday.com. Steven. I'm at Simcock Steven on Twitter. Show that Locked On TCU. And I'm excited about this new coaching staff, man. So come and listen to a more upbeat TCU corner than normal <laughs> as we uh, get some commitments rolling in, get a staff put together. This is a lot of good content uh, over the coming weeks and months. Linda. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Lindellians. The show is lo- locked underscore on underscore pokes on Twitter and locked on pokes on all your uh, podcast apps. And uh, if you want any of my fantasy football nonsense, it's you can just find it from my Twitter page. Uh, Jake. Follow Locked On Cougars. It's really simple. Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. We're active on all three of those platforms. My own works. I've got thoughts on all things sports, college football, NFL, all that. Jacob C. Hatch is the handle for that. You guys can find me on Twitter at Josh Neighbors underscore. 
Uh, oh, this little fun graphic. Boom, it covers that window, but who cares? Uh, at Josh Neighbors underscore. You can find me on Twitter. You can find the show at LO Big 12. You can find Locked On Big 12 wherever you guys get your podcasts. And you can find us on YouTube as well. Also find Locked On Nationals wherever you guys get your podcasts too if you want some depressing baseball coverage happening right now. And the Rangers, John's Rangers. You're a Rangers fan, right, John? Yeah, I am a Rangers fan. Let's yeah. go, hey, baby. It's actually relevant again. It's crazy. Yeah, there you go. All right, everybody. The Mariners are relevant once again. Wow. Welcome to Locked On AL West. (laughs) There it is. True story. We'll see you folks next week.